0: Hi, I'm Mark Runnick. This is Victory Over Sin. The
1: price you paid for my life, God's perfect sacrifice, sufficient for me. The blood of God to atone my sin, you made your own. You have saved. You alone have risen, you alone have saved us You alone have rescued us from the grave Glories to reign now, all creation cries out You alone are king You alone oh, oh, oh.
0: Good Saturday afternoon to you. This is Victory Over Sin. My name is Mark Rennick. The first part of the show, we attempt to explain to you what we're trying to do and who funds us. Victory Ever Sin is funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho here in the Treasure Valley. And what we attempt to do is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated and to come out of incarceration and live on parole. We do that in a couple different ways. One of those is this radio show that actually has been going for about three and a half years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL, you can look up past directors of the Department of Corrections, state senators, national figures. We have people who just walked out the first day of incarceration will come on the radio with us. We have people who are right in here right before they went back into incarceration. We've also got a litany of different organizations who support people coming out of incarceration. They've all been on the show. We would like to think it's a real good body of work, if you will, to understand the Department of Corrections by just going back and listening to the show. So that's an option for you. In addition to that, we also do a PowerPoint that pre-COVID, we'd come to your business, your church, your interaction group, whatever, and give a 20 minute PowerPoint about the Department of Corrections. The great thing about that PowerPoint is that it is led by a returning citizen themselves. So they'll make some issues about what it's like to be incarcerated. That's meant to spark some discussion and then there's a discussion afterward. Hopefully at some point in time we'll resume that when we can come back and do one-on-one meetings and group meetings we're looking forward to that. Uh, In addition to that I think if you know that what we do we now have a we've had almost two years now we have an office at 8620 West Emerald that's suite 140. It's on the corner of Benjamin and Emerald. We're open from 9 to noon Monday through Friday. If you need information, that might be a good place to come in and seek out some information. Everybody that works in that office has been incarcerated and understands the system. In addition to that, if you're listening to me in the desert and you need a ride from incarceration, we will actually pick you up and bring you back to our office your first day of release. So if that's the case for you, then go to your case manager and say, hey, I need these guys to come pick me up and they will send Mark an email and we'll come out there and we'll pick you up and take you through those first 72 hours, if you will, of freedom on the outside. There's a couple of good things coming up in the future. Uh, on the 12th, which is next week on a Thursday, Chef Lou is going to do a, a promotion for the reentry conference of St. Vincent de Paul. If you go to either location from 11 to 6 p.m., all a uh, percentage of the proceeds will go to that reentry conference. And you say, Mark, what's a re-entry conference? That re-entry conference is an organization that uh, supports people who are within 90 days uh, of their uh, release date by giving them some help with rent, giving them some clothes, bus passes, bicycles, and stuff like that. So this is a fundraiser to help that fund keep going. So we want to thank Chef Lou and the West Side Drive-Ins for doing that. If you're out and about, that would be a good place to have lunch or dinner on the 12th. In addition to, on the same day that morning, the Community Information Resource Fair, which used to be held at a vineyard every year, which is 120 different exhibitors come together. On that morning, it is going to be virtual. It's going to be online, and you can actually check into that and see many of the uh, support people for uh, those of us who work with people out of incarceration. You can check that out. It's free of charge, too. Just go to Community Information Resource Fair online, and you'll find it. Or at the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to get in touch with me, and I can direct you to any and all of these uh, efforts. Uh, As you're listening to me today, there's actually a a minimum sentencing event going on down at the um, state capitol. They're addressing the minimum sentencing structure that the state of Idaho has, and they're down there talking to people who are walking by and probably raising signs. Hopefully, you've got some time. It starts at 1 o'clock, so at the end of this show, you should be down there kind of talking to some people. There's a legislator or two down there and some associates of ours who will be down there kind of talking to the people. Go down and check it out. We will be right back with a guest, a guest who's been on the show before, a friend of mine who's doing some good stuff in the area. And we will be back in just a second.
2: The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop we offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith their recovery and to begin their new life as our neighbor it's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution if you'd like to help us help them please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861 that's area code 208-629-8861 and if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition We pay for that call.
0: Okay, uh, today I get to welcome back uh, a man who's doing good stuff in the community, has been for a number of years, a friend of mine. His name's Michael Armand. We've got him listed today as criminal justice reform advocate. Hey, that's a pretty impressive title. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. Hey, it's good for you to be here. You're also, um, we'll get to the new group that he's with. Uh, It's not a new group. It's been around for about a year, right?
3: Uh, It's been around for a little while, but fairly new. Fairly
0: new. He is also, since we talked to him last, has gone through just leadership's fellowship program, which is impressive because it's not everybody that gets into that. So there's two of us now from the state of Idaho. Congratulations, you went through that in 2020. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Okay, we'll get to that too as we talk. But as we start out, why don't you give us a little bit of background on you and where you're from and education and all that kind of good stuff.
3: Yeah, well, uh, I'm originally from Chicago. Um, at 18, I, I graduated high school and went to college in Idaho in Ohio and um during my time there uh started a family in ohio um spent my time there i think up until 2007 uh, and at that time i made my way to idaho yeah what made to, you come to idaho well you know i came to visit uh, a friend who was um, not feeling well and they were taking care of both their parents i, I think they had uh, a little bout uh, a small bout with cancer and Uh, I offered to come out and help them take care of her her father, who was bedridden, who she'd been taking care of. And while I was here doing that, I only planned to be here for a month. uh, But it turned out, uh, what, I guess it's uh, 12 years later now. 12 years later, huh? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, From that too, you also had a um, kind of like an impressive meteoric or kind of unique kind of situation where all of a sudden you were working for the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd you know taken the training, uh, certified peer specialist training, and I'd gotten a job uh, here in the Treasure Valley as a peer specialist. And um, I'd been there for about a month and a half as they organized this new program. And after about that month and a half, my background check uh, came back, the response. And it says, hey, we're gonna have to fire you because you didn't pass the background check. Well, um, uh, weeks later, the Department of Health and Welfare held a meeting. It was a public meeting uh, in regards to that issue. A lot of folks who were peer specialists weren't able to pass the background check. So why have this opportunity and no one, you know, be able to fill the positions? I spoke at that uh, public meeting, and uh, about a month later, um, my boss, who later became my boss, uh, Called me up and offered me a job. Yeah, I think uh,
0: originally I think that was that was what four years ago or so. About three that years. was uh, 2013. 2013. Okay, so so at that time too, peer the peer recovery the the peer specialist and the recovery coach for that matter were new new programs yes. within the department within the state of Idaho. Yep. It was exciting that they were going to do those kinds of things. Peer meaning that you had some kind of association with a, a mental health issue. Recovery coach meaning that you'd had some kind of issue in terms of addiction in your background. Exactly. And so so many of those people then, of course, have run afoul of the law in right. the state of Idaho. Right. That it just it seemed logical that's that, that the people who had run afoul of the law would be logical people to go through that training and be great at it. Absolutely. Yeah, and so that's what you started was opening the doors for other people with –
3: Difficult backgrounds to go forward, correct? Absolutely. Uh, What the Department of Health and Welfare didn't realize when they started was that they had already built in a barrier, uh, and that barrier was background checks. Uh, So after that public meeting and me getting uh, hired with the department, uh, they created a a task force that developed a a waiver process that allowed uh, folks to... uh, pass the background checks via that waiver process. Um, And we went on to do a a lot of other advocacy work in the area for peer support and recovery coaches across the state of Idaho.
0: Yeah, and that still goes on to this day. And I think there's a, it's still a, a, the criminal background is always something that's in flux. They kind of tend to add to it, take away from it each year, it seems like in the legislature. Yeah, But uh, it is something that, Again, I always think of the people who are driving around who have been incarcerated Listen to us or you're out in the desert. That should give you a a ray of hope in that it doesn't necessarily matter what the background you have. You can still go through this, get the waiver, and actually do some of the work that's very credible and lead to uh, some very productive work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of exciting. Uh, You also, as that was all developing, you and I became friends through different organizations Actually worked the same agency for a while there, didn't we? Yeah. And then um, you got you went to Alaska with Just Leadership, right? And, yeah. And uh, tell me about that experience for you. Well, Just Leadership USA, if you've been listening to us for um, any length of time, you may or may not know, but Just Leadership USA is a national organization based out of New York that's sole purpose is to train people who have run afoul of the law, who have been incarcerated, and to make them better leaders. And what they do is do that in a various amount of ways, but they have one, they have several programs. One of them is a year long fellowship, but let's talk about the emerging leaders thing first.
3: Yeah, absolutely. The way I remember the story is it was just in conversation, you mentioned this training, the emerging leaders training in Alaska. Um, and I went home and I looked it up. I looked at the website, I looked at the training, and I said, I got to be a part of this. So the next time I saw you, I just twisted your arm to get me an invite, <laughs> and uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to uh, get invited um, to that training. And uh, you know, to be frank, the time and the effort, the energy, and the work that I'd done with the Department of Health and Welfare, being a new leader in the community, my skill set just wasn't uh, what it should have been. And it, being a part of that two-day training made that very clear. It it, it made it. Um, it brought it to the forefront of my mind that I needed additional skills and training to be a better leader in the community. Uh, so when I found out that they had this year-long training, uh, I just had to be a part of that. I submitted an application. I was fortunate enough to get selected, and just in October, I graduated that year-long program.
0: Yeah, and I can. Um, it's I got. It's so refreshing to see someone else who's now gone through this because I went through in 2018 and it's hard to articulate or to share how much that impacted my life. And so now I've got you to come along and kind of help me try to explain that too. But it's a very powerful event. You're, again, I always think of the person driving around thinking, well, you know, I messed up. I did this, I did this wrong. Uh, To be in a room, one of those emerging leader rooms with 45 or 50 other people who are all convicted of something and and have much, more stronger things that they'd done that I had done. Uh, there were some scary people in that room, but to know that those people then go through this training and go on and become leaders across the country is just very, very impressive. Uh, they they've gone through, they're in 45 different States. And I think they're, you know, well, it's just the numbers are outstanding in terms of yeah. people that they've impacted. And just as recently, uh, we've got a lady that uh, was in my class, Tara Simmons, who was actually elected to the house from the state of Washington. So that is unbelievable that somebody who had been incarcerated is now a member of the state house in the state of Washington.
3: That is amazing. Yeah.
0: So that's, and that's so cool. And then you went through the year long program, which uh, totally changed my life. Um, and um, I, I got to go back to uh, New York five times and COVID kind of cut into yours. Talk about the year long work that you did with David and everybody else then.
3: Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate enough uh, to go to the first in-person training. Uh, it's kind of a hybrid uh, throughout the year. Um, the first training was in January. We were all scheduled. Airplane was booked. Uh, airplane flight was booked to go to my second forum uh, in New York. And then all Hades broke loose. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> COVID hit. COVID hit. And... Um, uh, we switched to a virtual forum. Uh, to be honest, a lot was missed in regards to not having that interaction uh, with my fellow cohort members mm-hmm. in the fellowship. Um, however, uh, there was some, you know, something to be said about the difficulties that we had in, in switching that medium from being in person to online and being virtual to overcoming adversity Uh, and and, and reaching out to each other in in different formats, in different ways. So, uh, yes, we missed out on not being able to see each other and network the way we normally would have. However, uh, I think some of the connections were made a little bit stronger because we had to put a little more energy and effort into it.
0: In some ways, I think, too, you're on the forefront of the way that I think the world's going to start interacting now. Exactly. And so you were forcing yourselves to say, okay, this is an— this is what's happened to us. This is the way we're going to go to make this work. And there are resources enough with Just Leadership USA to make that work, to pull that thing off, to say, hey, we're going to make the best of this because this is the way potentially the world going to be for a while. Yeah. And so you didn't stop and just throw your hands up. You just went ahead and did it.
3: Yeah, that, that was a big part of it. You, you had to dig deep and continue to go forward. Uh, I'm not the most technically a uh, gifted person when it comes to using uh, the technology as far as Zoom meetings and scheduling online. Oh, it was it was a lot to get used to, uh, to get accommodated, uh, situated with. But you know, it worked out in the end. Yeah, and again,
0: give kudos to Deanna and all her staff at Just Leadership USA to make that work. But more importantly, just to keep the flow going in terms of what needed to happen. Hopefully, some of this stuff eases back off, and we're back into a little bit more of a normal uh at some point in time but i don't think it's coming anytime in the near future but at least you know that you went through this and um we're going to be forward and they're going forward with a new year right
3: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: um and i think too i think to help me address um what i know i felt because i've been through it a little for a while longer i feel a real kinship a fellowship with all the people who have gone through this training and i think you were the sixth year right yes okay so you're the sixth year so there's probably about 150 or 60 of us in the country. And we can virtually go to anywhere or pick up the phone and look to somebody. And I can say, I was with the the cohort in 2018. I need some information about you if it's happening in Tennessee or any state like that. They'll always take your call and help you and kind of walk you through because we keep bios on each other and we recognize each other. And I think my LinkedIn connections went through the roof and everything in terms of it's really, truly become a fraternity of people who can help and support each other.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, when fo- when folks ask me, what is just leadership? That's the first thing I mention. It's a network. Yep. It's a network of individuals who are doing phenomenal things. Uh, and w- while I was in the training, I was able to take advantage of that network. Mm-hmm. And before I have even completed it, uh, different projects I was working on, I was able to reach out to someone all the way across the country Uh, and them give me some leadership or guidance uh, in what I was attempting to do. Okay, so that leads to Idaho Empathy Network, and talk a little bit about that. Idaho Empathy Network. Uh, Well, I'm the executive director. Uh, We are a nonprofit organization. Uh, Our primary purpose um, was criminal justice advocacy and reform work. Um, We wanted to have an impact in the community uh, at large, as well as the faith-based community when it comes to receiving or welcoming back uh, returning citizens. Uh, our our staple is our annual release parties uh, where we offer motivational speakers, a dinner, gift bags, and prizes once a year for folks who have been released. Uh, actually, our next release party will be April, 2021, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, however, in this past summer, uh, we had the George Floyd incident, uh, so we decided that we would add social justice to our mission as well. Uh, so we've been working a little bit in that regard as well.
0: Yeah, I think, the uh, uh, kudos to that. I think it's, um, all of us who do this sort of work, It's it's so imperative that you find your niche in the way that you're going to go forward and help a community and something that you're passionate about, something that when you get up in the morning, you say, boy, I can't, I can't wait to get out of bed. I'm going to go do this. And, um, I was fortunate enough to find that and I've been blessed and just leadership kicked in some of those leadership skills that helped me with that and still help me to this day. But I think it's hard for all of us to find that. And it's, yeah. it's exciting to see that you're fast on track in terms of doing that for you. I, yeah. it's, it's great to watch. Absolutely. I think the thing I see, and help me with this too, is that you see a lot of people, because Idaho is has so much need in terms of addressing the Department of Corrections and reentry and advocacy work in particular, that a lot of people come to the forefront and they say, hey, I've got a sign and I can make some, some posters and I want to talk about this. And there's really not an organization necessarily yeah. behind them. So it's like they'll come to me and I'll want to be supportive and I'll say yes, but then but it's just your mom and your sister there in the car with you. Uh, what is this? So yeah. d- tell me, does you run across that or is that something that you see as an issue here? Uh,
3: I, I think you do have folks that are passionate about one thing or another. Um, and, and, and I never really thought about it that way, uh, but you're absolutely right. Uh, having a community, grassroots-based organization that could fill some of that gap uh, would be a great thing. And Idaho Empathy Network would love uh, to fill some of that space.
0: Yeah. I think And what you have to do, if, if you're listening to us today and you feel it's compelled to be involved with something, it's find This niche and come in, help Michael, help myself or find one of the groups that are coming to the forefront and just get involved with it. And from the only good things can happen because we've got, um, let's move on a little bit, maybe to, uh, the legislative session that's coming up in January. We've had an election. Uh, we've lost at least one good friend. I know, uh, uh, who was a support of us? Uh, Mr. Ellis is gone, and so um, we've got we've got new legislators in there, some exciting ones in there. What do you think is going to happen with the new legislative session this year?
3: Well, um, I, you know, I really believe. I, I try to be hopeful. I try to be optimistic. Um, I'm interested. Some of the uh, sorry to see the ones that didn't make it. You know, they're not there anymore. But I'm excited about some of the new folks. Uh, we're actually looking to you know, advocate for the Fair Chance Employment uh, Initiative that uh, didn't make it uh, this last legislative session. And Sherry uh, Buckner-Webb retired. She's now
0: on uh, uh, CWI's education board, I think. So. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to try to pick that mantle up uh, again uh, in the next session and, and try to bring some of those new folks on board with what we were trying to do this year. So again, I think
0: what uh, if this is something that, Excite you again, get uh, let you know how to reach me at the end of the show. But this is, uh, I think it'll be a key year for us. We've got some new faces in the legislature. Um, it's gotten maybe a little bit more conservative in Ada County from what everybody's in the first days after the election we're finding. But I, I think we've also been doing some homework for the last three or four years where a lot of us have been talking with different organizations through different organizations about this issue. And so I think in some ways, We've almost laid the groundwork to be more credible this year, even though we don't know what it necessarily will make up. I think there are people who will be more receptive to what we're going to say this year, don't you think?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the good thing about criminal justice advocacy work, it's a bipartisan issue. Folks on both sides of the aisle uh, see this as a good and noble purpose uh, in the work that we're doing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's for sure. It's uh, In some ways, it's the— um, uh, the new kind of hip thing to be—it's like yeah. you know, reentry and the fact that you've been in prison is the new kind of—you know—it's not you're not long-term alcoholism or not addiction or whatever. That's over. That's kind of passe. Yeah. This is the new one. Everybody's been incarcerated, and we're a new minority group that we can kind <laughs> of stand up and, and shout for and, and demand that things change. And I can tell you for certain that the Department of Corrections here in Idaho could use some input from people who have been involved with it.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. So we got new faces in the organization. Uh, What are we doing between now and the end of the year? Are there stuff you're working on that you need support for now?
3: Uh, Between now and the end of the year, uh, we're looking to do some fundraising for our release party in April. Uh, We're also looking to put together a couple Zoom meetings with legislators to talk about the Fair Chance Employment Initiative uh, just to have a conversation and, and, and garner support. Uh, and and try to find some um, legislators on both sides of the aisle to say, yeah, this is a good idea, and going into the new legislative session. Um, Another thing we're working on, uh, and this is fairly new, uh, or actually it's brand new, we're going to be bringing Reentry Ventures to the Treasure Valley. Reentry Ventures is an online training that will train formerly incarcerated folks to be entrepreneurs. Now, the the, the thing about Reentry Ventures uh, is they tout a 85% formation rate. And um, I'm like, how do you do that? Uh, as I was being pitched this whole uh, new idea to bring to the Treasure Valley. Uh, but basically, as you go through the uh, eight session training, you're formatting, you're form, uh, formalizing uh, your business. So you come up with a business plan, you have a marketing plan, uh, and, and you know how to file for your LLC or however you want to formulate your business. You do all that while you're in the training. Uh, so you actually leave the training ready to go with a, with a business. So uh, we're hoping uh, that that's going to take off in 2021.
0: Okay. 2021. Okay. Well, so like I said, I think, and I think also uh, we will likely um, – uh, uh, reconnect with our partners from last year and do legislative days and try to bring all these different groups that are interested in having their voices heard at the legislature around these issues and hopefully all work together. Uh, again, this is something I'm going to let you know how to reach me. And if you need to reach Michael, did you want to give a contact for you an email? For sure, you? sure. Would that be?
3: Uh, that's going to be Michael dot, I'm oh, sorry, Michael at Network.com. Okay, good deal.
0: So that's how you reach Michael. Listen, Michael, thank you so much for coming today. This is fun. And like I said, I'm I'm optimistic about 2021 in terms of what we can accomplish. And I'm looking forward to it.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
1: Through Jesus there's victory All the chains that were holding me Kept me locked in captivity Have been broken by grace so free When He poured out His cleansing blood, motivated by His great love, give me faith I need to rise above and sing a song of how I've overcome. I've got victory over sin, bringing peace to the fight within. Give me strength.
0: Okay. I want to thank Michael for coming in. Michael's one of those guys that kind of come up through the trenches, and uh, the work uh, he does is difficult. He could use some support. If you can't, if you didn't get his um, how to reach him, you can reach out to me and I'll make sure you can t- get in contact with him. I'm easy to reach. www.systemicchangeofid.com is the website. You can go to systemicchangeofidaho at gmail.com as, a g- as an email address. Idaho is all spelled out there. We're on Facebook at Systemic Change of ID. Or on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. And you can even call us on the phone if you want to at area code 208 477 1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.